We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello and welcome back to Rotovers Overtime on Rotovers Radio brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. Follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel, and we are about to get into a underdog puppy tree draft. You can probably tell when you're listening to this in podcast format when I start off at a rapid pace like that with the intro. It's that we're about to draft, and Sean, we are just after going in. We have 30 seconds to we draft. I haven't even seen what draft slot we have yet. Hit me with the good news. Where are we? We're at 108. You had mentioned that your hot streak was over the cold spell continues we are into the second half here we'll have to hope that one of our favorites will fall what happened sean was the fantasy gods came for me i mentioned this on the show last week that people were going to start complaining if i keep getting these good draft slots and i have got nothing but one away beyond that uh, over the last uh, four or five drafts but it will bounce back but it feels like when you're getting those good spots that it's never going to end but once you start missing it feels like it's it's never going to return but we have done a lot of drafts together sean over at underdog we haven't drafted from beyond the fifth slot in quite a while so um we should get a, a slightly different draft here which i always always think is good for hashtag content <laughs> did you just say hashtag content i did <laughs> We have to get all, you know, we have to appeal to all the demographics. This is the demographic that's going to lose the uh, puppy three because they have the 108. Is that what we're... That, that feels like that's where we are. We do, Sean, have uh, 20 seconds on the clock. Devontae Adams is the main wide receiver or CD Lamb. I have actually been drafting CD Lamb quite a bit. Travis Kelsey could be an option here for us. Uh, how do you want to go here with 13 seconds remaining? Well, I might lean toward DeAndre Swift get that double reach and uh start with maybe a, a swift barkley team here out of the the eight slot sean as he makes that pick uh, then leaves it open to whatever i want to say after deandre swift has been selected uh, i was going to ask you the question did we think that swift may have made it back to us in the second round well, now we no longer need to worry about that because we've drafted him in the first round so we did have some dan campbell images over the last uh you know 24 hours or so where he is anti-fragile so that is another point in the deandre swift uh you know category here for us but 
We do take Swift. We see then after that, Travis Kelsey, Derek Henry, Devontae Adams going off the board. Are you? Uh, are we lining up here for a hyper fragile build or a, a double hero RB build of sorts? If we do see Saquon Barkley coming back um, at this particular point, as as things stand, we're four picks away. Mostly, I wanted to have at least one team that is Swift Barkley. In this new format, obviously the Puppy 3 opened recently. It will, in all likelihood, fill quickly as they have been. Colin, we want to have a, a unique team from the 108 since the 108 comes with some other disadvantages. As you mentioned before we started, uh, we jumped into this one as opposed to drafting another Best Ball Mania 3 team because Colin wants to make sure we add this 200000 onto the $2 million from the big tournament. That, that's exactly what we did say so um that's what we're hoping to do sean we do miss out on barkley we have one more drafter to select ahead of us who did take travis kelsey we're gonna have to pick then we're gonna have to go in a different direction so if we're looking at the running backs available you know it is into the javante william joe mixon Aaron jones category it feels like wide receivers probably the the way to pivot to here but is there a running back that does interest you at this point uh, no not really i mean javante williams would be the guy i'd be absolutely fine reaching on t higgins we could draft debo samuel because again i mean you're trying to win this tournament as well as the others and we haven't picked him in a few drafts what's your preference here yeah i think we go debo uh, and that's more uh, we've joked about this uh you know i've been drafting t higgins at the you know back end of the second round so we'll settle on on debo here i haven't had debo in, in quite some time so we start off with swift and samuel so we'll see if we keep that alliteration going sean throughout the draft but if you are drafting over at underdogfantasy.com you can use the promo code rotoviz that will get you a 100 sign up bonus up to 100 dollars we didn't get saquon sean i was actually starting i was looking forward to that start um you know it would be unique it would be a really strong way to go and um barclays adp that was something that you had on really early in draft season you were drafting saquon barkley a lot at that point and the that value has certainly disappeared as his adp has risen by around almost around at this point and who knows when we see uh, some of the, the training camp footage maybe that continues to increase i think we're going to have uh, some interesting options when it does come back to us here in the third round as well it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this draft plays out i i'm excited for the start that we have got here with swift and samuel it's a bit more unique than the drafts we've uh, had over the, the last three weeks or so it is and now that Debo has signed the monster deal with the 49ers maybe there will be a little bit less concern about uh, just him butting heads with Kyle Shanahan and how they work through some of the dynamics of his workload. Ideally, he's going to be given a lot of touches uh, just overall, but a lot of targets at wide receiver as he got early in the season last year. Obviously, he can score from a variety of different contexts. The main thing there being that he is going to be the focal point for the 49ers. And it's not just going to be a, a frustrating situation where they're looking forward to being rid of each other the following season. Colin, we're back. I did spend 10 seconds of our time still talking about the previous pick, but we have Alvin Kamara and Kyle Pitts as interesting selections here. Alvin Kamara likely to scream up boards if it does appear that he will avoid the suspension this season. Yeah, I haven't drafted Alvin Kamara at all this year yet. So let's have a, let's have a go with Kamara. We did talk about getting 
our two running backs early in the draft and we didn't have the option in the second round to get a preferred target i think that's interesting to to get him there and you mentioned about him screaming up boards the reports seem to be that that is going to be the case that it isn't going to be a 2022 suspension or if he does miss time but i think it's gonna be interesting i was hoping though that kyle pitts potentially would start to, to last but that is also unlikely it doesn't really last into the, the fourth round at all but it does set us back up sean for that potential hyper fragile build that we did a recent show on this past week we talked about it on the tuesday road of his ot show and i think that we're back into that category particularly if etn or Brees hall do last to us we are three picks away we do have some wide receiver options as well sean is that the way that you're looking to move here and uh, is etn the preferred option overhaul if both were to last to us i think so i think that etn is going to still be the guy who's you know more expensive it's interesting that he's getting knocked for james robinson being available i think that could help the offense i think that there's an upper cap to how many touches etn can get really in any scenario and if the other running back in that group allows them to pick up first downs then you know that will be positive i also would just suggest that i mean james robinson is going to be in a situation that's not that dissimilar to what we saw with cam Akers in the playoffs last season i hope that i'm wrong i mean james robinson is one of the coolest stories we've had in the nfl in the last decade so if he were to come back and be awesome right away i would be all for that at the same time travis Etienne, he's been the breakout player of camp there he looks like i mean Obviously, it's silly to start throwing around, you know, something like Christian McCaffrey, but he's probably the closest back stylistically, especially if, you know, we, we discount Austin Eckler, who, you know, we, we shouldn't just immediately exclude from the conversation. But, I mean, ETN has huge upside in a Jacksonville offense that basically has no other serious playmakers. I mean, this is a team where... I'd like, a Chanel. Well, he's buried on the depth chart at this point. If your starting wide receiver formation is going to be Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk, then you're going to be throwing a lot of passes to Travis Etienne. And that's what I expect this season to look like from a Jaguars perspective. Yeah, unfortunately for Visky, we'll see. Maybe maybe, maybe there's still a hope one day that that happens. But we do start off, Sean. We have Swift, Kamara, and Etienne. We also have Debo Samuel. So we are 12 picks away. I also mentioned about not having Alvin Kamara. That is partly due to ADP and being fortunate with my draft selections over the last bit a little bit. And with off-field issues, I tend to avoid that. I really stayed away based on the you know expectation he would miss time. That does not seem to be the issue now. But I do think that something that we don't sometimes touch on, Sean, is the off-the-field stuff. I tend to stay away from it. His is more, I don't know, it, it doesn't affect it as much as something like the Deshaun Watson stuff would, would affect me from these perspectives. But um, we do have our options open now in, in nine picks. And Brees Hall's still on the board. But, Sean, we did talk about it on Tuesday's show. We are now looking to hold off on that running back to after round nine. And uh, we have a couple of things that we're going to try and get in place here over the next kind of six rounds to, to get us in place before we start to look at running back. So we do not have our elite tight end. We do not have the quarterbacks, obviously, at this point. But where are we Where are we looking here over these next two picks to process that? I think it could be a range where we maybe go for a Rashad Bateman if he would last to us. Um, the other wide receiver options will be available or Juju Smith-Schuster Bateman goes off the board. It may be time potentially to, to pivot into those quarterbacks. I'm usually not 
in the Patrick Mahomes range of quarterbacks, but in this draft, if he lasts, it, it may be something we have to look at. How are you feeling as some of our preferred targets slide off the board as Hall, Deontay Johnson, and Bateman all go in back-to-back picks? Yeah, I think that George Kittle would be more of an option if we didn't have Debo. I don't know that I think that Patrick Mahomes gives you enough of an advantage to grab him and pass on someone like Juju who has had a good open to camp. I don't know that there's anything that meaningful about him having a good opening to camp, but that's better than having a bunch more highlights about Marquez Valdez-Scantling catching all of the passes. I think that this offense is going to be one that employs all of those wide receivers. Kyler Murray coming back in the next round, which also seems positive, is probably possible. It's also the way that I would prefer to go. I don't know that we had any real option at wide receiver at this ADP other than Juju. Is that a pick that you're comfortable with now that we did run out of time? Now that the pick's made. Um, it is something I am comfortable with. I have been drafting Darnell Mooney quite a bit uh, over the last probably month to six weeks. So he is somebody I would be comfortable at that point in taking as well. But I did agree with your points in regarding Kyler possibly getting back. I'm usually trying to see which of these options slide. So if it's if it's Kyler, if it's Lamar Jackson and seeing where they go, I would also be interested in Jalen Hurts um, if he slides back to us. It feels like then, Sean, we're probably hoping that at the next turn, Hawkinson may slide back to us. That's probably that. That's where my mindset is at this moment. Is that what what the dream scenario is? Yeah. Now we're a, a couple of picks away here, and both Murray and Hertz are still available. Mooney, the player you had mentioned, is available there. He should end up with a very high target share in that Chicago offense. And Colin, it's it's one that I'm having a hard time kind of talking myself around too, because I do think that the Bears are going to be better than people are giving them credit for and yet at the same time i am looking to get receivers in offenses that are going to be more explosive and or receivers who would appear to just have more league winning upside i think that there are guys still left you know like an elijah Moore, like a Devonte smith like a drake london like a garrett wilson who can just absolutely destroy adp from this juncture and unfortunately kyler murray does go the very pick ahead of us there at the 604 elijah moore Devonte smith the receivers here we could obviously go joe burrow probably like to see who comes back around i'm happy with either of those uh, wide receivers splitting splitting them in drafts so happy to go with more or smith probably have actually drafted smith more even though that's a play on words but uh for the simple reason that I'm trying to get Garrett Wilson quite a bit later than uh, Elijah Moore, so that has been working out in a lot of drafts. That was really disappointing, Sean, to miss out on Kyler Murray there. He was the one I was hoping that we would get. The person in that spot also had a quarterback so far, so they've got their second quarterback at this particular point, so it would have been nice if we had got Murray there, but we'll see how it plays out now over the, the coming rounds. I think that I know we have Samuel... And I know we've talked in the past about the likes of Jalen Hurts, the likes of Trey Lance, maybe not having to stack those guys. But I think with Samuel there, if Lance comes back, I still would be willing to stack those up. But quarterbacks going off the board pretty fast and furious over the last couple of picks. Joe Burrow also off the board. Sean, at this point, we have three running backs. We have three wide receivers, zero tight ends, zero um, quarterbacks. So the onesie positions have yet to be addressed. We do have Elijah Moore, 
Juju Smith-Schuster, Debo Samuel. How are you feeling so far as we um, enter into the seventh round? Yeah, I think that we want to be cognizant of those positions and you know, it does set up nicely. We know because of the late round tight end availability that we don't have to reach for any particular player. The other thing that I noticed that's interesting about positional ADP is that sort of less sexy QBs in the QB window are tending to fall right now. So we have ADPs dragging for guys like Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. That's surprising in some ways because the reports have been very good for both of those teams. I think that if you're looking at quarterbacks who maybe are going to offer a little bit less rushing upside, that tier break now is widening in terms of the prices you have to pay on either side of it. So that part, I think is a lot of fun. And one of the things that we see here, very unfortunately, is that Trey Lance does go again, the one pick right before us. So we get boxed out again on that one. I think we go Hawkinson here and see which quarterback comes back to us. Um, and this could obviously work out against us, but this team here is the team that uh, sniped us the last time on our, our pick uh, in the hopes of getting Kyler Murray. He has two quarterbacks, and we have a one quarterback, zero uh, quarterback, and zero quarterback. So we're hoping that one of these guys get back to us. Have your priorities, Sean, out of those? I don't have a strong lean to a single like quarterback. I, I've drafted them all, but in different kind of combinations um have you a strong preference out of those and the other one i was going to say is i said to dick hawkinson to to get what i believe is the last of the elite tight ends in the the draft dawson knox did go ahead of him in this draft as well which i think is a little bit of a surprise but had you a preference to get two of those guys i would have liked to have gotten both russell wilson and tom brady there especially since we have deandre swift as one of our running backs, but I think this will work nicely too. I'm trying not to force Hawkinson because I have a lot. We selected him well above ADP in part because we're fine with who's going to come back to us. So that's something that you want to keep in mind. There's a pretty good chance that we'll either get Wilson or Brady well below ADP. Now, is it going to be well below the ADP that you see from them in a couple of weeks? That part is a little bit of a different question as drafters are now prioritizing positions and players within this range a little bit differently if we could have gotten both i think that's the way that i would have liked to have gone ben and i had a draft recently where we got both players 16 slots below adp and so in that case even if you're ending up with your stack options remaining being players like kj hamler and julio jones the those qbs just give you a ton of upside and because they're passing games could be so diffuse. I'm not sure that you need to be as worried that you get the wide receiver one or else someone else with the QB and the wide receiver one is guaranteed to beat you. And Russell Wilson and Tom Brady could each go out there and have a five touchdown game that go to five different guys, end up with 500 yards passing. When you're talking about week 16 to get into the finals, week 17 to win the finals, those are some scenarios that you could see playing out. Both of them do make it back to us here, Colin. Do you have a preference and or anyone in a different position you want to look at? No, I think with uh, we have uh, Juju for Kansas City, so I think we go Russell Wilson. That gives us some access to week 17, and obviously we can try and see if we can get some of maybe his pass catchers later on. Um, I haven't drafted a huge amount of Russell Wilson. I have some Tom Brady, so we're just trying to balance that out. I think as well that is the way I would play it either way, you know, just in a vacuum. Are you... 
I think they're pretty close together, but I, I would be going Russ over Tom Brady, you know, in a one-on-one version. Is that where you would go in one-on-one? Uh, I think now that Brady also has Julio Jones and that the early reports have been enthusiastic there that he could have so much firepower that he basically does what he did last year and put up an obscene number of yards and touchdowns. I kind of still go through this. I know I've joked about it and I've been wrong the last couple of years, but at some point it has to stop. Brady has to stop. Well, it does. But one of the things we have to also look at is the previous season. So when you contrast, you know, arm strength and some of the, uh, gun readings and that kind of thing. If Tom Brady still has one of the stronger arms in the NFL, it's a huge difference from Matt Ryan, whose numbers are so poor and his arm is so weak that he's basically at the cusp of being done. You know, you have the numbers that are similar to Kurt Warner when he could barely throw the ball across the line of scrimmage, similar to uh, Peyton Manning when he actually did have to stop because a, a variety of injuries from the cumulative effect had made it so he could no longer throw the ball you know more than five or six yards down the field i mean brady's still playing at a very high level surrounded with those types of weapons and one of the things early on that i was a little bit skeptical about is you know if it has to go through mike evans i mean mike evans in many ways is probably more of a declining player than tom brady is and so if he's got to be the guy then that part worries me but if chris godwin is not going to miss the first part of the season, even if he's used more sparingly over the first six weeks. But it's not just then that, okay, well, he's going to be back and going to play some in the first six weeks, but also gives you a better picture about what the second half of the year might be. The early reviews on Russell Gage, even though he seems to be overdrafted, have just been raves. If he goes out there and is one of the best underneath receivers in football, and if he's Wes Welker for them, then that's a, a huge deal. And you know, Julio Jones, I mean, Julio Jones could be better than Mike Evans, in which case, I mean, you've got four guys who give him a lot of weapons. Now, I say that within the context of obviously liking Russell Wilson as well. And I think that your note about playing that week 17 matchup, Wilson versus Juju Smith-Schuster, also KJ Hamler removed from PUP. If he's going to be involved, he's a receiver that we're going to want to draft later. He fits this perfectly. So I like the pick that we made there. Colin, because of the 30-second clock that puts us back up, we have players What like about Demarcus your guy, Derek Carr, here? Uh, we could select Derek Carr. I think these quarterbacks are going to continue to let's potentially Let's go. We need to make a pick. We need to make slide. a pick. You, you make you your wanna, pick. You want to pick the – well, let's, let's just go with the top guy on the board here. We're going to take some Ramondre Stevenson, get that fourth running back – a little important bit about the that range Devin Singletary did get drafted just before that. It's important to note that for anyone listening. He did. He went two picks ahead of us there. A lot oh, of buzz though for Ramondre uh, around training camp. So yeah, I think and, and the key again, we'll go back to kind of pairing this into Tuesday's podcast. We did wait at this particular point to the late ninth round to pick that running back to go with the guys that we have taken at the start of this. So um this is a real running back flat zone i guess we'll say and we did pass on sean's absolute favorite in Derek Carr, who does now just go off the board i was interested to see if he came back who are some of the quarterback options sean that you're hoping maybe that we snag into this lineup now that we have passed um of course our, our buddy justin fields is in there um tua is in there as well um doesn't sound like we'll be drafting matt ryan based on the earlier comments that we heard <laughs> on the show but who are some of your favorite guys here to, to target and, and what are we looking to do 
in four picks when it pairs back. I see that top of the queue, we have Kenneth Walker, we have James Cook, we have Garrett Wilson. We have already drafted Elijah Moore. We could potentially go all in here on the, the Jets, take Garrett Wilson, and then and then try and pair him with uh, with their quarterback later on. What's, what's your thought process here? I think we're I think we're completely in the desert at receiver, which is one of the reasons that I would be interested in just taking our fifth running back and being done with it. We have Ken. I'll, I'll make a deal James with you. Cook we can here. take a we can take a fifth running back here, but the deal is that there are no more running backs. No more running backs from this point on. Do you want Walker or Cook? Let's go for Cook. I haven't. No, let's go for Walker. I think there's more. Yeah. How do you feel about James Cook? I'm very much on the Singletary side of things, and um, I've been drafting both Seattle Seahawks running backs. I think C- Seattle are going to be quite a bit. They're still going to be bad, but they're going to be better than people were expecting. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, I mean, Walker is a very nice prospect. The gap between him and James Cook as prospects is vast. Like, the, I think if we have Ken Walker on the on the bells, there's like no closeness in ADP. Versus no, them no. back-to-back picks nearly in this draft, three picks apart. And, and we like the bills, I think, better than a lot of drafters do as a fantasy home for running backs. It's one of the reasons why we end up with so much Singletary every year. And at the same time, I mean, the Seahawks are going to make that their entire identity. And Rashad Penny is one of the most likely backs to get hurt. And the 
early down bell cows get hurt at a very high rate regardless. So then you put Walker in and anything, any, anytime that you get the sense that you can like predict when an injury is going to happen or what time of the season this is going to happen, or if it's even Penny as opposed to Walker, who's going to get some work early on and could get hurt himself. But the way that these seasons develop, I mean, there is some higher probability that the timing works out right for Ken Walker to be the guy who wins it for you because he's there at the end. I mean, Walker could very easily be a top 10 overall running back during the fantasy playoffs. And so he should be drafted as though that scenario is out there. I, I really like James Cook. I mean, his numbers in the running back prospect lab were terrible. You would expect a back who got drafted in his range at his size would have been one of these just ultra prolific collegiate running backs, as opposed to somebody who didn't really do much until the very end as he shared time with Zamir White there at Georgia, especially within that context. I mean, you would expect to see some of these you know, running back numbers that we get from time to time from Alabama backs in, in given years. But he is fast. He is someone who's capable of creating the big play. The, there will be openings in the Bills offense with the way that defenses are forced to take away Josh Allen and the pass. It's not as good a fit in underdog as it would be in FFPC. And yet we saw from Jarrett McKinnon how a back with that kind of profile can score a ton of points. I mean, McKinnon from weeks 18 to 21 last year, I believe, averaged over 14 half ppr points per game so that kind of back can score colin we are back around we do need to take a wide receiver we'll pull up just all the wide receivers here again it, it's kind of a dead range but Jahan dotson joshua palmer interesting we could just go for broke and take jameson williams that's not a good pick with the take, other yeah, we have. Who, do you, who do you like we're going to get mike jones so you make a pick if you don't mike jones okay yeah, so we're gonna take eight. jarvis we go Landry. for the veteran yeah who allows us to mix in some veteran presence into our lineup. He is a potential high reception player. He was drawing some raves immediately when he joined the Saints. There are some more questions now, obviously, with Michael Thomas looking like he may be healthy. I mean, there have been a couple of times in the last several years where it appeared that Michael Thomas was going to be healthy previously, and that turned out to very definitely not be the case. And yet, I think you have to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there. Now it's the question of just how aggressive are the Saints going to be? Is there going to be enough for Olave and Thomas and Landry all individually? They don't have a big impact player at tight end. So that part of it, probably not as much of a concern. Obviously, we do have Alan Kamara there. And so we hope that he stays healthy and gets some targets. We're going to pick 137. Again, the wide receivers in this range are extremely weak it might be time to hop over and take a pat fryermuth even though we know that we have some other tight end options later that we also like yeah i like fryermuth here as well we're kind of uh, mac jones is the only quarterback really we're in a little bit of a, a trouble spot fields would have been a perfect quarterback for this build the other one i'll mention just at this point is is to if he if he was of interest but let's go with the tight end and fairmouth and then we'll see um what our options are when it it does pair back isaiah mckenzie goes at the 1204 his ascension over the last week has been incredible to see some of the players it's amazing 
the picks that you see in from draft to draft as to how things have changed maybe just one person seen one tweet on on twitter and decided let's make a, a huge jump in adp for certain players but go get your guys um sean that justin fields pick that went just ahead of us um at the pick prior to us taking Fairmouth there was was painful i think he would have been perfect for this build he also would have been going against deandre swift in week 17 as well with that bears game the one thing that we can't let slide under the radar sean is that we got elijah moore we have ken walker we have access to that jet seahawks week 17 game that, that's the key piece that is you and ben love the Jets Seahawks week 17 game. It's either going to work out very well for us or it's going to work out very bad for us. So one of the two, probably the, the bad option, but we'll see. <laughs> no, I, I joke with you guys, but I enjoy that game quite a bit as well. The the one problem always does just come in. It is Zach Wilson there. And then many folks will be even more concerned about the Seahawks side with Geno Smith. As long as he's staying well ahead in that quarterback battle then i think there's reason to be optimistic about the seahawks being a solid team in 2022 from an offensive perspective and guys like dk metcalf and noah fant especially undervalued in the light of him being ahead in that battle column as we get back to our pick in round 13 it's probably time to go ahead and just start grabbing the receivers that we like regardless of what their ADPs indicate. As you mentioned, they could go at any time. Wondell Robinson has been one of the most strangely undervalued players throughout the entire process and even generating rave reviews in camp is not really. I've seen, I've seen him start to, to pop in a few drafts where we were getting him really, really late. And there are some drafts where I'm kind of thinking maybe in a round, or two rounds time and he, he just he goes in that range where somebody else is making sure they get him so I, I have seen him starting to to creep up a little bit so it's interesting but yeah some of the guys that we're looking at here paris campbell we've talked about it on a few shows he is garnering very positive reviews his key has always been if you could stay healthy and stay on the field then we have wendell robinson kj hammer will fuller david bell is somebody you added in when we get to this point of the draft obviously adp is important as we mentioned with a couple of the picks recently and how adp has shifted as i mentioned with isaiah mckenzie but i do think when we're at this point of the draft in this build a round or two rounds is, is something that i'm willing to move for we are back on the clock sean um we are at pick 152 or we're still i think waiting on, on quarterback at this point so uh, i i think we could go here for i, I would be willing to go for dj shark if you want to go that way if you don't want to go that way, we can go differently. <laughs> I do think that we're just a little, I think we're probably still a stretch to some of these guys maybe lasting to us like Paris Campbell. Okay, with that selection, we're going to go ahead and grab Jerry Goff and at least introduce him to the board now that Colin has had us select both TJ Hawkinson and DJ Chark on top of DeAndre Swift. The Lions column potentially a juggernaut this season you mentioned dan campbell there is no one more anti-fragile than that fellow <laughs> i mean it, i think he's under the impression that he's going to you know burst through his t-shirt and just you know keep getting bigger and better and make even better play calls 
Yeah, no, I, it's been a fun ride. We've been talking about him, Sean. You're, you're a Lions fan as well. We've talked through some of the, the scenarios, and he has been really fun to watch. Somebody I didn't think was going to have a you know massive coaching career or anything, but he is he is definitely a, a fascinating fellow. Um, so we are back on the clock, Sean. Are we are we going to continue to push quarterback here and get one of these guys like Campbell, like Hamler? Where do you want to go here? Well, we could go with Daniel Jones and take a third quarterback. I think that that is probably something we'll actually want to do with this particular build. We could also just on the wait. It's a week nine by week for Russell Wilson as well. Just before you, but we're, we're I'm, right I'm clicking it. We're going to take a third QB. Okay. Okay. I think Sean, you just were we thrown off completely there that Wendell Robinson went off the board. Is that what the true spanner in the works just before the, the pick that we had for Daniel Jones? I don't know through a spanner in the works. I mean, Daniel Jones is the the player that we wanted there. Now it's a question of Mac Jones versus Jared Goff for our third QB. Do you want the guy you have all of the offensive players for? Do you want the massive breakout star? I, I'm surprised that Mac Jones is going this late. He just seems like a clear cut pick for drafters who are looking to take someone outside the QB window. Maybe you feel like that's not as big of an issue or a point of emphasis as we do. I mean, he's really the one guy late where if you said at the end of the season, okay, well, he had his Tom Brady leap there with all of the improved weapons that he has. I mean, he doesn't have great receivers, but adding Tyquan Thornton and Devontae Parker just give him so much more just threat both vertically and as opposed in terms of someone you can just throw the ball up to and Parker and hope that he's going to make some plays on the ball in that situation a little bit of a poor man's Mike Williams from that perspective he's got the multiple plus tight ends he's got Ramondre Stevenson who I mean could end up as one of the top five running backs in football this season I mean that offense continuing to be pedestrian and boring i i don't see that playing out that way so i'm pretty excited about that offense i think that either way there we're in pretty good shape we are past his adp in the 15th round so if we wanted him for sure we should take him colin we do continue to lose interesting names i think that this term probably should be kj hamler Uh, 100 kj hamler I, I do think, though, you mentioned, I wonder at this particular point then, based on what we have with Detroit, I'm wondering, should we should we go with Goff or should we, should we just see how it plays out? The problem is going to be as well that we have to take a third quarterback um, for this build. The quarterback's currently available by ADP. It's going to be Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, and Jared Goff. After that, you get into guys like Baker Mayfield. We could take Wilson as well. Maybe we, we, we play it out and we see if Wilson or Goff makes that return back to us in the next round i would have went with mac jones over daniel jones i think um and that last pick are you do you have like i'm surprised as well you've you've touted the mac jones you know um uh, you know i guess we'll call it a friendly contest uh what we want to call it the pro bowl his, his long run there uh but <laughs> but, but uh i thought that would have bolstered him ahead of, of daniel jones but the bye week would have would have left us with flexibility if we wanted to uh, avoid getting that third quarterback because we are going to be a little bit tight at wide receiver you mentioned romeo dubs he has continued to ascend in terms of his uh, value um, and his adp i guess over the the last week or so very interesting to hear the thoughts of some of the beat reporters on that 
is that where you're looking to go here? And I think we we probably could wait and see if he he does come back to us. I guess I don't think that we can necessarily risk it. I mean, he's going to go in between if we don't want him. But I mean, at this point, Colin, it looks like he's going to be the wide receiver one for the Green Bay Packers, doesn't it? Based on the way that they've been talking about him, based on Watson more or less being out of the equation, based on Lazard being more of a wide receiver three, I mean, Sammy Watkins has been done for five years. Sean, after that speech, uh, we're just going to do it just because we, uh, if this actually turned out to be like a winning pick, we need to clip that that comment and that that's the main reason that we've made that pick sammy watkins did go two picks prior sean so somebody believes that sammy watkins still has has hope in his legs and speaking of legs jared mckinnon went on the next pick hopefully his tired leg syndrome is uh improved for 2022 because we have drafted a lot of him we are now into the end end of the draft range here as we we start to to finish things out how do you want to finish it out based on our build that we have so we have two quarterbacks we really do need to take a third one then we have our running backs we have seven wide receivers we have two um tight ends sorry we have five running backs so which way do you want to play it out i think we we need to get our our quarterback and golf and and how do you want to play it then i i think i'd be going with the upshot if it would last to us of thornton interest in kendrick Bourne still available there have you been drafting Bourne much over the last month no, because it, it, there's not enough volume for him to to make that work. I, I wanted to check here to see. We have Alan Lazard at the 706. We have Christian Watson at the 1107. As you mentioned, Sammy Watkins, two picks ahead of Dubs there. It I, You can really get into a situation where you make bad picks by focusing too much on the training camp stuff one of the things that i was kind of talking through with zachary kruger the other day was this dynamic with isaiah mckenzie where i mean if jameson crowder had been the guy and was going to take the full cole beasley role then he would be worth the price that you know say a cole beasley would have demanded you know within the, the scope of this offense with him having some of the issues and McKenzie looking good, it's not simply a thing where those guys flip-flop or he gets that role, right? I mean, unless things go even much more pear-shaped for Crowder than they have. I mean, McKenzie, someone they should have used more previously. He is a really cool player. He will have a role in the offense. But the ADPs and what the realistic scenarios are relative to price don't make any sense with where he has been put by a lot of drafters so from that perspective you know you have to sort of keep some of those things in play romeo dubs yeah i mean if he were drafted where alan lazard went that wouldn't make sense and yet it is kind of crazy i think that with him just having a great shot to be their wide receiver one this year that he would go fourth behind three guys who have very little going for them really jerry goff did come back Colin, is he the pick right here to, to fill out our Detroit lineup? Yeah, we're we're all in on Detroit. We're going we're going in that direction. Um, so he did last to us. We will have another selection here, and I think Thornton would be would be my selection. Um, the I, I've joked about this a lot. I usually try and like dock Packers players uh, a couple of rounds in ADP just to make sure I, I don't draft them as a, a kind of hometown decision. But um, yeah, I think that especially the note that you made there on on training camp 
tweets or um, videos that come out. We were joking about this before recording, like the overreaction on social media to some of that stuff is incredible. There will be some of it that becomes vital, but it won't be those clips that we've seen over the last couple of days. It'll be that continuing to happen. And the shifts in ADP are, I think, an overreaction to some of that stuff over the the, the last uh, week or so. Sean, we will be back up. We will be writing out the roster. Um, Thornton, I think, is the, the pick here. You also have Greg Dulcich in the queue as a, an interesting option. I've been loading up on these rookies later in drafts when I when I've happened to need them but I think in this build it probably makes more sense to to go in and to get Thornton yeah he gives us a different bye week and access to a little bit different offense here that part of it very positive I also think that David Bell is someone whose ADP is going to jump again down the stretch obviously we've had some positive reviews for the combination of Donovan Peoples-Jones and Deshaun Watson. But I think that the big takeaway for me is that if Watson actually plays the second half of the season, and there are still some things to potentially happen there, it does elevate those three guys. And the best player from that group is going to be David Bell. So for him to go undrafted at this point, when you are getting uh, Amari Cooper still relatively early let's see where he was selected in this draft so now with deshaun watson probably back in play for the entire second half of the season maybe even not exactly obviously but two-thirds of the season in play for the fantasy playoffs you have amari cooper go at the 510 ahead of amon Ra st brown this is probably one that i'll just be wrong on this season column but it is a little bit difficult for me to see how a player like amari cooper who struggled so badly last season and really hijacked in a way this dallas offense because they wanted it to be multiple they wanted defenses to have to address the different players and they would force the ball to amari cooper at times and one of the things they kept finding was that was not actually opening things up for other players the defense still you know is going to focus on cd lamb and dalton schultz and so they, they let him go and now in some ways they may be regretting that because the injuries that they've had now create a situation where Jalen Tolbert is going to really need to step up and or they might be a team that goes out there and does have some interest in a Will Fuller. They're a little bit thinner, but for Cooper to go back and be the wide receiver one, we saw what that was like. Now he, he did have a good stretch when he first came to Dallas. We saw what that was like with the Raiders and, and he's not the same player that he was at that point. His metrics show decline in a variety of areas Donovan Peoples-Jones, a vertical threat. David Bell, and he does go two picks after ours. He goes at the 1807. Someone who fits much more as that type of player who could be a rookie Anquan Bolden or a rookie Jarvis Landry. In some ways, that may not appeal to drafters as much if they're thinking, you know, we, we want to have a little bit more of the vertical element. Those other guys are going to be involved more that way. But right now, you're getting this value because he is limited. And anytime someone who has drawn rave reviews throughout the entire process and then throughout the entire offseason, anytime that they go through a stretch where they have a minor injury and they're not practicing and they're not drawing buzz and they're not getting their ADP inflated, but yet the particular thing that they're dealing with is not 
in all likelihood, I mean, anytime you have a soft tissue injury, you don't know what the healing is going to be. A lot of times it's two or three days. Sometimes it's two or three weeks. Every once in a while it ends up being two or three months. And then it's something, well, you go back and think, you know, I shouldn't have paid that price. But when you're getting these price bubbles and these little pockets where you actually could create exposure to a player that you like extremely inexpensively. And again, I mean, this draft here was just kind of insane in terms of some of the prices that we get. I mean, you mentioned that Isaiah McKenzie goes to the 1204, but even with that, Jamison Crowder, I mean, two different drafters could have a very different opinion on how that situation is going to shake out. But you're talking about a team that has Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis as potential massive target hogs. Yeah, Dustin Knox has not been a big target generator for a tight end who runs as many routes as he does, but he's still a solid player there who's going to siphon off some targets. They brought in James Cook specifically to siphon a bunch of these underneath targets. And it's hard to figure out how that works. You know, Jamison Wilson, Williams and Michael Gallup go in round 13. They're both injured. KJ Osborne goes in round 13. He's the wide receiver three and potentially could slide behind Irv Smith in terms of how you think about that target breakdown. Dalvin Cook is going to be in all likelihood a little bit more involved as a receiver. And I mean, yeah, this offense is going to be less medieval this season, but it's still an offense where Justin Jefferson is going to have massive volume and Kirk Cousins is pulling the trigger. I mean, we're drafting wide receiver threes in round 13 there. You have Nico Collins in round 13. You have Marvin Jones, who could be the number three, number four wide receiver for the Jaguars in round 13. You, know, you have Van Jefferson in round 14, a player who is currently injured and probably in a more serious way than someone like David Bell, you have Corey Davis going in round 15. It's hard to understand how these players are going to score points. You have Devin Duvernay go as the 1601, five picks ahead of Romeo Dubs. Yeah, I mean, that could be the, the wide receiver two for the Ravens, really the wide receiver three behind Mark Andrews also. Some of the, a lot of these picks, it's not that they can't work out. I don't want to give the impression that I somehow think that I know the future and that like Kendrick Bourne, 1701, Zay Jones, 1702, AJ Green, 1703, Curtis Samuel. <laughs> it sounds like the coaches are, are not super thrilled with right now uh, because he, I mean, it, it, it sounds like Curtis Samuel is suffering from what like every 40 year old American suffers from which is that like when they get up to go from the couch to the refrigerator, that their back is tight and their hamstrings are tight. And I mean, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily say a lot about like the American conditioning and ability to go from the couch to the refrigerator, but it's especially not great for a receiver that you've paid this $34 million contract to. Again, the contrast between where he seems to be and where Jahan Dotson seems to be pretty significant pretty bleak at wide receiver after round 11. Again, we mentioned why that's one of the reasons. And, and we did the big hyper fragile show, you know, how you can get into some trouble with some of these picks. And 
And obviously other drafters are going to look at the players that we took and say, I mean, DJ Chark, KJ Hamler, Romeo Dubs, Tyquan Thornton, you know, what are they thinking? Oh, I like those guys. One of the reasons why we didn't take them even earlier. And one of the reasons why we did just barely miss on Wondell Robinson is just that their ADP suggests that you can get them at a later juncture, especially within the context of this draft it's kind of funny to not see them generally speaking just going a little bit higher i do think when you get into the later portion of the draft it, it can become a little bit of a minefield like you were saying there in terms of how people value some of these particular players and maybe people think in the safety of certain players versus the upside of other players and how they decide to do it but i think that was a very good breakdown in terms of some of the wide receiver versus wide receiver you know adps in this region sean but i think the one thing that was challenging throughout that draft is when you load up on those running backs early, it felt like there was points where we were kind of having to maybe go a direction that wasn't where you would normally go based on the fact that we were like, we really need to get a wide receiver. So we took Jarvis Landry, we took DJ Chark. Um, I think it would have been interesting as well. You mentioned we missed out on Wendell Robinson, but if we also had a got the pick when we were hoping to to get justin fields for example that it could have opened up the the room a little bit differently then as to, to how we approach the rest of the draft but overall i think it's one of those things we're going to have to give up strengths in certain areas to build the strengths in the other areas so we have pretty pretty loaded in terms of our running back room but the questions i was going to ask then was in terms of what we set out for the hyper fragile build so we get deandre swift we get alvin kamara we get travis Eadie, and i think we've hit there on our three running backs in the first four to five rounds i think we've loaded up there we do also have debo samuel in there in round two we have juju smith schuster we have elijah moore so i think the the early depth at wide receiver is still quite quite strong there we get tj hawkinson at our tight end position then we get russell wilson who slid quite a bit in this draft i know that we talked about at the time so i i think through that point we're, we're pretty strong but we did talk at the time sean that you may have tried to get russell wilson and tom brady continued to slide to the 96th pick so the last pick of the eighth round which is an incredible value on him there would you in hindsight based on how the draft played out of went for hawkinson there or would you wanted to have brady and wilson and passed on hawkinson and and tried to pair somebody else with uh, fire later on in the draft yeah i think if we take wilson and brady then when we selected daniel jones it's a no-brainer to take noah fant and that gets us to basically the same place. I mean, Fanton Hawkinson, very similar players. Hawkinson, possibly a little bit better. But when you're looking at Jared Goff versus Geno Smith, yeah, I mean, Jared Goff is better. But Geno Smith, I don't think there's a, a massive difference. And there's also less likely target competition. Now, DK Metcalf and Heather Lockett, act as two potentially elite wide receivers i think that there's the possibility of at least a mild decline for lockett and or just not quite as good of a fit within the context of this offense i think that fant could end up being the number two guy there hawkinson obviously will be in a battle to stay in that priority there with detroit if you move him out then you flip-flop the two quarterbacks and then we also don't need to worry about taking Jared Goff in round 17 we could take both Thornton and David Bell to finish out the draft so that would be one possible way to look at that element of it one of the things that did happen 
in this draft on a large number of occasions column is that the player that we would have preferred to take the player who was a very good value at the spot was selected one spot ahead of us. Now you always have to have contingencies in place to deal with that. But so many of our drafts this season, we've been able to get those players. And it does give you a little bit different look from a value perspective. If the best values were taken right before the spot where you would have grabbed them. Now we were able to get a pretty good value on Russell Wilson. And I like that. I think that he could be a very high scoring QB. And we talk about not putting too much weight on things that happen in, in training camp that may not be actually the big takeaway once you get six weeks into the season. KJ Hamler still has a lot of depth chart climbing to do to play a big role in the offense. But I do think this is something where we're going to come back at the end of the season and say he was a much better value relative to ADP than either Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy. Perhaps drafters would have liked to inflate him even more at that point. It's going to be tricky because we know that both of those tight ends are in the mix for targets as well. One of the things that is fun about this roster column is that we have a lot of Detroit Lions. It's a Detroit bet. If they break out this season, the contrast of Lions then with having a lot of other players. I like the mix that we have at the wide receiver position between young star veterans and potential breakout receivers to start with Debo and Juju. Again, you have the young star veterans. Then you have Elijah Moore, KJ Hamler, Robio Dubs, and Tyquan Thornton to bring the youth. You have DJ Chark as a post-hype bounce back type of player. And then you have Jarvis Landry as the true vet. I think that that range of receiver types gives us a variety of ways to play this and get those receiver points that you need if you go running back heavy early. Yeah, and as I mentioned there, Ken, it was it was a challenge in draft, right? But I think we were able to make it work based on the the ways we did pivot, right? There is a blend of experience and youth in there. Ideally, it would be a, a two quarterback build, but I think the upside of uh, Daniel Jones and Jared Goff, you're you're kind of looking in these tournaments. It's the underdog puppy tree. It's a five dollar entry, but you're looking for extreme upside and you know the like of. The Detroit Lions outperforming what expectations are and Jared Goff having a strong season are ways to try and get ahead of the field in a contest like this. So I think overall, Sean, it's very interesting. It's not going to be my average roster build. I'm glad we've done some of the hyper-fragiles for the, the show. I've done one or two on my own, but um, when then we get into the second half of the draft, I find some of the real uh, extreme upside players that are staring us in the face until those last two or three rounds are running backs but overall sean i think we've we've built a pretty interesting roster there so another fun exercise we didn't get the two quarterbacks in the window and then we went into the three quarterback build which would be one of the i guess versus what we talked about on tuesday's show for people who listen to that and follow true but i think everything else sean that we talked about we have hit in terms of the overall build and we have got an elite quarterback there in russell wilson um probably the best five running backs we're going to draft on a a roster this year for me anyway and uh, those opening rounds it was a, a good start so overall fun draft hopefully everyone has enjoyed listening into it if you want to sign up for road of his nfl pass you can do so and save yourself a 10 percent discount using the promo code rv radio 2022 at checkout on rotoviz.com that'll get you access to all of our content and tools and obviously 
right now in the preseason. Perfect time to do that. Get all of Sean's articles and content, including the upcoming Zero RB list, which will be coming out before the NFL season. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Hopefully you've enjoyed the draft. Until we're back with another episode, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.